Welcome to the Lifeletics Podcast, a brand dedicated to the growth of athletes as they transition to life after sports. My name is Megan Ruder, former D1 swimmer at Florida Atlantic University. My goal here is to make all athletes feel empowered to take on the sport of life. On average, like 60,000 thoughts a day. And we don't even realize it, right? First of all, you just need to step back and have an awareness and start noticing the thoughts that you're having. Because in that moment that you start noticing, then you can start questioning, is this true? Before we get started, I encourage you to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram at Team Lifeletics for more information on how you can be involved in the Lifeletics community. Let's dive in. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Lifeletics podcast. Today, we are joined with Laureen. She is a one-on-one coach for elite athletes, really to help them overcome anxiety and gain more confidence in not only their life, but also in sport. So welcome. We're so excited to have you on here, hear a little bit about just mental health, how we can overcome just like the day-to-day of being an athlete and then life after sports. Laureen, what was that pivotal point for you? Okay. to get into helping athletes? Well, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate any opportunity to advocate where we can just continue to spread the word to help athletes around the world. If I was to choose one pivotal moment that led me to where I am today, it would be when I was injured after I had all my kids. So I was a college athlete and I ran cross country. And just fast forward a few years, I've got four daughters that or athletes and their sport seems to be volleyball, but they all started with soccer and basketball and just ended up finding volleyball as their passion. And I have them ranging from like my youngest 15 year old to, you know, D1 athletes. And I've just seen personal experiences with my own kids from the struggles of trying to be maybe perfect in your sport. And then after I had my own children, I was injured and had herniated discs. And I was told from the doctor that I could no longer run anyone. That was my sport. That was what I did. And I got my degree in exercise sports science. And and sometimes when I talk about it, it's been like at probably seven years. It's still actually pretty emotional for me because it became my identity. And that's where the pivot came when I was told I couldn't run anymore and all the things that I felt um, were me and made me special and made me kind of stand apart which were in my athletic abilities. I was a personal trainer and I was a sports conditioning coach, nutrition coach. And I just felt like that was who people looked at me as. And that's how I looked at myself, which is all what it comes back to. Like, I didn't know who I was when I had that injury and it was taken away from me, which, I mean, you know, it wasn't taken away from me. And that's kind of more that victim mindset, right? And that's where I learned. I went into a depression for a year And I kept it private from everyone. No one would know because when you have an injury that no one can see from the outside, it's really easy to hide it. And except for my husband, he's the one who kind of took the the brunt of it all because I felt like he'd always be there, Um, which he is. He stayed. (laughs) But depression is crazy. I've never experienced that in my whole life until I didn't know who I was. And that was such a pivotal moment because... I thought that I was balanced and I thought that I was like, no, I'm a mom, you know, I, I have my religion and, and I know who I am. I have this balanced life. I, I, I teach my girls that until, yeah, until I wasn't what I thought an athlete was. And that's what pivoted me to 
want to help all the other athletes out there. Because I was thinking, if I'm like a mom and I'm not even competing anymore and I have this strong hold on who I was as an athlete and that was my value, then imagine what athletes are feeling and they're living the full athlete world now. And I want to help them before they get to this point, before they crumble, if I can learn the tools. And then I just kind of searched and I got certified as a, as a life coach. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I didn't know this growing up. We don't teach athletes this. It's not taught in school, the, the mental side of it, that strength. And so this is my new mission to serve as many athletes as I can and teach them the tools that can help them have a balanced life and feel their value outside of being an athlete. Absolutely. And what you said, when you have an injury that you can't see, like mental health, right? It's so under the surface. It's in between our ears. It's so easy to cover it up. So talking about the fact that we didn't have this way back when, it was so easy for us to cover things up and and to not really ask for help. So in your kids nowadays, I'm sure you see a lot of the similar mindsets that are that you went through. What do you teach to them as far as, you know, creating that balance and really gaining their self-worth outside of sports? Well, I guess the first thing is we, our brains, like we have on average like 60,000 thoughts a day and we don't even realize it, right? They, if they're going unmanaged and we just repeat these same beliefs over and over again, such as maybe I'm not a good athlete or you know, uh, whatever coach thinks is my value type of thing, whatever it is that athletes may be kind of repeating in their mind. First of all, you just need to step back and have an awareness and notice that noticing the thoughts that you're having. That would be, if you were to take anything from this, just have an awareness and start noticing because in that moment that you start noticing, then you can start questioning, is this true? Like, do I want to stay here or is there another thought that's going to serve me better? Or is this just a belief that I have and I think it's true just because I've repeated it over and over and created this habit? So that would be the first one. Just have an awareness and start noticing without judgment. Because sometimes when we learn these tools, the first thing, you know, athletes think is, oh my gosh, I've been thinking this this whole time. There must be something wrong with me. And and there's nothing. You're human. So maybe awareness and you are human. Like repeat that. <laughs> I am human and humans are not perfect. It's so true. And and like you said at the beginning with the, our perfectionist mindset and just always feeling like we have to be performing. And that's not true. Like we aren't performing for anybody. And, and especially, you know, if anything, we're performing for ourselves and we should be able to intake, you know, kind of like watch film on ourselves and like really intake like, OK, wait, this I could have done better and all of that stuff. So as far as your work and working with athletes, where do you find the biggest disconnect between like the coaches, the team aspect and like the athlete in general? So what do you mean exactly? So disconnect, I think, between this type of information and having this type of stability for being self-aware and the coaches, the team aspect, um, maybe in college, like the support system there. Do you feel like there's a disconnect between those two? So it's so interesting, right? Because there's so many, there's certain coaches that I've talked to in the next level of, you know, a D1. And some of them are like, how can I help my athletes more? 
And then I hear, and it's usually, obviously, it's not the coaches, but it's the coaches that I talk to that are asking that. But the ones that I'm not talking to are probably the ones that the athletes are coming to me and saying, hey, I don't know how to approach my coach, or this is the philosophy that my coach has, and it's not, I'm anxious to even talk to them. And so it's so individual, the response to that question, where's the biggest dis- disconnect, because it's it, it's so it varies and there's it's starting to be a culture that some coaches are accepting and actually like hey this mm-hmm. makes a difference and I want to integrate this into my training and yet others are very old school and they've done it for so long but they're also starting to notice that this has this isn't working this has got to a point where it's not working like what else can I do and I've seen that too they've started to integrate um in their team meetings hey let's have an accountability partner let's have time where you're not staring at your phones before bed and they're giving them these tangible um steps to kind of to help integrate their mindset like what happens when you don't have all these distractions with your brain you know you start thinking things and you start sometimes getting clarity and so yeah i can't give you like this like clear like this is a disconnect because it's so individual um but i do coach a lot of athletes that have been so stuck in this culture of we just need to be tough, we just need to be strong, and that's going to get me through. But then they realize that there's only so far that that will get them before they they will start crying. In the first session with me, and often they're apologizing. I'm so sorry, you know, for having feelings and being human and being emotional. And so I need to, I have that as an opportunity to remind them, like, you're human. Like, this is processing for you. Like, let it let yourself feel it all the way through. Um, so that was kind of like this around the way answer to your question, but basically as individual and I've seen both sides, like coaches that do want implemented and coaches that don't. Yeah. And you know, what's kind of funny is like the coaches that decide to, or maybe they're a little late to the party, right? Like they're yeah. kind of dabbling in it. They know it would be good. Typically those athletes are already seeking it out. And that's yeah. kind of what puts those coaches over the edge to say, like, oh, wait, like they're already doing this. Why am I not the person that's providing it? And, um, you know, it could be kind of a little ego stroke for them, you know, yeah. like, oh, they're getting this other help from other people. Like, why is it not me? And um, could make them, you know, get get clarity on themselves as to why. But no, it's so good that this is all becoming a lot more ingrained in the athletic culture, because like you said, the the performance mentality, the, you know, go, 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 like push through, push through really forces us to set aside our feelings and to be sorry for having feelings. So in that aspect, because us as athletes, yes, we're driven. We want to achieve a goal. We have really big dreams. And we're pretty determined. That's what makes us so great. But at the same time, we do need to take a step back. Where is that balance? And how do you find your athletes are striking it best? Um, I know that's very individual as well. But like, what are some pointers as far as finding balance and at least starting to find balance in that determination mindset as well as take care of yourself mindset? Yeah, so I, you know, I think it's, so great to be an athlete right there's so many positives that you learn from being an athlete you learn how to be a leader you learn how to get along with different personalities because you're around them all the time you learn how to 
be really good at taking instruction and learning it really fast, which was amazing because when I'm coaching athletes, they take the tools that I teach them and they apply it really fast because they're used to it. They're trained physically to do that, right? And so when you're talking about, hey, how do they find balance? First of all, like look at all the skills that they already have and be like, hey, how can I transfer this into and some of the other skills that I want to learn for more balance? And it could be such as time management. It's Athletes are so busy. They're trying to have a social life while they're trying to get good grades and go to, you know, two practices a day. A lot of them and not high school athletes at this time, but depends on who I'm talking to. But it all adds up and it can become really overwhelming. And so just one of the basics that I'll touch on with time management is when he just, I asked him to write down like, hey, the last three days, kind of write down everything on your day, daily schedule, like everything. You know, brush my teeth at this time, you know, just kind of do it. And if that feels overwhelming, at least do it the day before or do it the day before and the next day. And start taking inventory because there's nothing we can do if we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> and if it, if it all becomes a blur and then it becomes overwhelming. So getting clear on how you spend your time. And often maybe there's more time spent on Netflix or scrolling than we think we have. And it's not a place, again, for judgment. It's a place to be curious and be like, okay, like what can I delegate? What can I delete out of these things? And then what is, is important enough to keep, you know, what's essential? And then schedule like how you want it to look like and add in like rest, <laughs> add in like something fun, you know, so it doesn't feel like scheduling is this horrible burden or my life is just something that I have no control in it. And so it's just learning to realize, hey, I'm empowered. I get to control the controllables. And that includes my time management and finding balance in my life. I love this because athletes, I think once we transition out of sport, we get this like inability to structure our own life because people have been structuring it for yeah. us. So like you said, we gain this empowerment early on to say, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and trusting my own intuition and trusting what I actually want to do um, gives you so much self-confidence in, in life after sport as well. Yeah, I love that. So talk about the transition a little bit, because I know, you know, we go into life after sports, we might be getting a job that's in corporate world nine to five, or, you know, you might go into coaching, you might go into wherever that may be. Finding that confidence in life after sport can be also as just as tough. We're kind of starting back up at the beginning. So yeah. touch on starting at the beginning and like, how to really gain your confidence in that space. Well, I I love that you, when you said starting at the beginning, it's, there's always look for evidence in your own life in the past where you've done that before. And you athletes have done that whenever they're on a new team or new coach, they've always had aspects of like, okay, I'm a new kid. I'm starting at the beginning in some kind of like storyline, right? And so first of all, like look at evidence that you've done it before and you've succeeded and pull from that because sometimes it can feel like well this isn't a sport like how can i this isn't comparable but it is actually because it's the same kind of skills that you can use and transfer over that same mindset what what helped you succeed as a new athlete what were your beliefs during that time and and if you're thinking well i don't have any beliefs besides i was so scared or something whatever it is then notice 
that you went past that? What was the point where you're like, hey, I'm, I feel like I'm comfortable in this team or I feel like I'm a part of this team? At what point was that? And what was your belief at that time? And if you still like, well, I don't know, it feels like it's just real hard. Ask yourself, how do you want to feel like in this moment as a beginner in this situation? Because you've been a beginner before in so many other situations and ask, what's the feeling that you want? And then decide on it. And then from there, say, what is it thought that is going to create this feeling for me? And it's empowering to create that, that belief for yourself. And it needs to be something that you actually believe right now, not one day I'll, I'll believe that. Or when I get there, then I'll believe that. Because that's not going to be your present, like, empowering thought. So create a belief that attaches to the feeling that you want to have as a beginner. And just go for it. Take action on it. Ask yourself, how am I going to show up differently when I have this new belief? And what results am I going to create for myself? And like we talked about before, it's trusting yourself and stepping into action and then creating that confidence. And the more you trust yourself, step into new action, the more confidence that you will create for yourself and the more action you'll take. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing because we have this confidence towards sports, right? Like we know what to expect. We know what hard is going to feel like. We know that pushing through a hard practice is just going to be physically, mentally, emotionally, probably very exhausting. But we know what to expect. And then outside, we're like, oh, wait, we didn't get a promotion. Like, how does that look? Like, this feels different. Or like, we didn't make that sale. And those type of obstacles that we have to overcome they may shake our confidence a little bit, but when you attach onto one belief and you keep that and you run with it, that's the way it seems to, to really take action and just keep going. Ask yourself this question, what am I making this mean? Because often when you give a response, it's not a fact. It's just your thoughts, your opinion of it. And so even in acknowledging that this is just my th- thoughts, my opinion, is able you're able to give yourself some space and be more of an observer that this isn't true this is just what i'm creating for myself and so what if it was possible for you to create something else it's not like this is the direct you know response to my you know um situation to my circumstance i get to decide what i want the circumstance to mean and that's always empowering when you ask yourself that question what am i making this mean Yeah, I had interviewed a while back a girl named Nikki, and she had mentioned, she's also a life coach, and she had mentioned, they're just thoughts, you don't have to believe them. And it's so true. Like, you don't have to believe your thoughts. They're just your own opinion. And and if that's your own opinion, that's cool. But that's not everybody else's opinion. So, (laughs) you know, you it gives you space, like you said, to just take a step back. That's only my opinion. And it doesn't mean everything. So this is great. Okay. So imagine I'm an athlete. I'm transitioning out of sport. This is one of my questions I typically like to end on, but I want to hear your insight. I'm leaving my sport. I'm a senior. What are your three action items to those athletes that are about to transition out of their sport? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good. What are your three action items? First of all, like, you're not a different person. Because I think that can feel scary. Like, this has been my career for so long. This is, it can go with this belief, like, this is all I know what to do. 
and even acknowledging I am the same person <laughs> and, and starting to prepare yourself um, before that time comes. So you're not stuck in this place of like, what the heck, who, I, who am I now? Um, and, and write it down, like write down who your qualities, what your qualities are as a human being. You can write your athletic qualities, um, qualities too. And then also like, what are your interests? Because what are your interests outside of your sport? Which I'm sure by that point, they're already doing that. But it's just a reminder, right? Hey, what's, what do I want to continue developing as an athlete and as a human being? And, and what's fun? That has become this topic with athletes that is almost like this lost, beautiful piece of <laughs> culture, like fun. Like that was fun. It was fun when I was a little kid. But now, you know, the pressure is so mm -hmm. high. Like, I don't even know how to have fun anymore. So start incorporating that now. Like, what is fun in your life? And give yourself space and to create fun for you. And it's going to be individual for each person. And start practicing it now so that when you graduate, you're going to feel like you're still like a human being. And and you can use your athletic abilities in so many ways outside of um, being like a college athlete or a professional athlete, right? Like you get to have fun and play socially and be and kill it every time and be the coolest person for <laughs> all your friends, you know, yeah. and then you get to use these and apply it. And so, yeah, acknowledge I'm human and write down like, you know, what's fun to you and, and how you want to show up as a human being outside of being an athlete. And then three, I would just honestly say focus on your relationships, the ones that are important to you, because I think it can become so isolating when, especially when you're stepping right out of it, it's a time where you might be like, who am I? But we kind of covered like, write that down, write down your why, find your people and, and, if, and don't wait for them to create activities. Like you schedule it in, make that part of what's fun for you. Because I think connection is huge and it can take us out of this, this very isolated place where we can put ourselves in our minds and then physically when we get down on ourselves. You're right. It's connection and community and all these things that we lose, um, not really lose, but we kind of, we step away from that a little bit. And it's tough to find people who have the similar mindset in, say, the corporate world or in wherever. So it's like, find your people, yeah. latch on to them and just maintain those relationships. Yeah. That's huge. And it gives you a sense of purpose as well, I think. I think yeah. when I'm, you know, checking in on my friends, making sure they're doing okay, it gives me some form of purpose to like, you know, I'm helping them as well, as much as it helps me. Yeah, because so, it doesn't make you weak to reach out, you know, and, and kind of get rid of that mentality of like, I need to be tough all the time because it can only serve you so far. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Laureen, I want to say thank you, first off, for coming on here, sharing your wisdom, just having this open conversation about how we can hopefully be better and better athletes, um, as well as the work that you're doing, working with athletes one-on-one -on -one and really just creating that confidence space for them because it's so needed, it's so necessary, and I think that we'll have better humans for it. Um, so thank you again. Thanks for having me. How can people work with you? I'll link everything below, but what's the best way people can work with you? 
my website is lorenehedrick.com, just my name. And same with my Instagram, at lorene.hedrick. And made it pretty simple. Um, if it's parents, I, they hang out on Facebook a lot. So I have the Athlete Mindset on Facebook. But any of those ways you can connect with me and get lots of tips straight away for your athletes. And Instagram, I'm talking mainly to the athletes. So I'm here in the DMs um, through my website to connect and help anyone that needs it or wants it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Lifeletics podcast. I invite you to leave any feedback in the review section so we can continue to better our content. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more. It helps us more than you know. See you next week.